Welcome to Chilling in a Bentley. The number one young people podcast. Please listen carefully. With a poetic, inspirational, and lifestyle plethora of insights. Chilling in a Bentley. Bentley vibe. Welcome people to Chilling in a Bentley with Davis and today I'm chilling with the hardest guy in photography and on Instagram and I made this uh, Bash Mutumba, I am also with two loyal fans, these guys eh, they have followed Mutumba around and they know his content in and, in and out and, and we're going to be chilling here with Bash Mutumba as we get to know his story, where he went to school, whether he is educated, did he go to university anyway because you people out there all you do is stuff his content man be beating around wanking being happy be like man but now we bring you the guy so that you can hear his story and man guys you don't want to miss out on this one with bash mutumba hey man bash what's up how is it going so it's it's at this juncture that we don't want to actually waste time. Mm-hmm. We want you to first take us through your story. Like, what's your story as Bash Mutumba? What is your story? Like, where did you go to nursery school, primary, high school, uh, university? What did you study? Did you actually study photography? Because people want to know. Like, what's your story? <laughs> very challenging for some of us who didn't go to popular schools like yours ah. <laughs> to speak about our schools <laughs> from nursery school imagine mm. but uh, anyway i've been through a couple of school I can't, uh, schools i can't name all of them but um lower primary school and all through um after i set up boarding primary school it's in Mukono. um then after that umar va um still in Mukono. then uh, high school went to a couple of places but went to Nalia for high school and was a school I was in earlier as well um here in, 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 in high school but I think Nalia is the most and perhaps interpretable Nalia is what people might uh, get to know easily but yeah that's where I was and then um uni I joined uh MOOC Makere University Kampala Mark mm. so yeah I did um Bachelor of Commerce or doing can i say that but yeah it's been a longer journey so i'm awaiting graduation yeah it's been a long journey like i say through mm. hurdles you know it's it's kind of hard when you're doing uh, when you're handling very very many things at the same time mm. you're working you're trying to make ends meet and stuff like that so things come in like years get prolonged and you might expect you get a covid also coming into the equation so it's all a mess but yeah in the end, it's done, so I hope to graduate uh, in the next graduation ceremony when the tent will be put or not, whether mm-hmm. online or not. But yeah, so Bachelor of Commerce, Accounting, Stroke, Auditing option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's basically it about school. Yeah. Um, what, what's a brief about uh, your your university? What's done? What what stood out most for you at uni? Man? Did man. you? Hey, was the chibala the thing? What, what, how, how was your routine like at crazy, uni? Crazy, crazy, because man, I, I'm not a fan of outing bars and stuff but i always loved i always loved to to do to do things that would be interesting in, in university I, I i loved community i loved fellowship not fellowship of like the literal fellowship in universities of 
born again people but i'm saying people coming together to do stuff mm. uh, for example while i entered university in my form 6 vacation i was already inside makere for poetry where we had a, a poetry night called kelele at makere mm. via the art gallery the mm. the mook art gallery so i was in the place and meeting people already so when i entered i got so much um into things like politics not standing as a politician but being in political circles to see how it's done the enjoyment i enjoyed the songs the vulgarities and all that stuff like mm. the culture like they call it yeah so in halls of residence and all that stuff so i got so intrigued by all that stuff the political landscape and how it was very organized as if it were a mini uganda or something like mm. political parties and all that stuff and people doing elections and people making campaigns writing speeches doing all these things uh, yeah. spreading news about each other fake news and shit so that's how um, i joined campus b through that i was writing um, random short stories about cam- how a campaign went in a particular place so i got hit up by someone from campus b a friend of mine later called emmy mongin um and yeah i started writing stories in university about various things that happened you know i don't know if you know campus b talking of talking of campus yeah. b what, what uh, some of those are uh, interesting things you guys write about universities um, yeah like the basic stuff that that happens in university it's more like a tabloid but still it has a serious desk it's like the biggest source for most university students of news all over the country in university so that's how it is. there's a tabloid stuff that will talk about how this guy was fighting with this other guy over their girl their girlfriend they were sharing and didn't know they can be a story of, about maybe a thief and a curious thief in some hole it can be a story about um people fighting for porridge at a hole of residence or kids striking there can be even serious things about examination timetables um cutoff points there things like that so it's just um i think that's all encompassing for a campus student so i was writing many stories around makerere we were based like about four or five people in mook and in other people in other universities mm. so yeah i wrote uh, you asked me what, what stuff i've written i wrote very many popular stories for campus b but i think the most popular one was about the suitcase wait yeah. the suvi thing um no that was before suvi there was an earlier one before suvi that came through so suvi was for was around uh but there's an there, there was an earlier one as well like it happened many times yeah but um the suvi thing just blew people's minds a, a lot you get yeah. and, and and sometimes things even get recycled with campus b so things happen later in the time when people are calling they're like bash when it's time to come and get new hostels the kids are calling you yeah, but i want a new hostel i'm like wait what's up you're asking me for I've, i've seen your number from campus b written this story explaining about where every hostel around my area is located so, like, mm. I should remove my contact from campus so <laughs> things like that so, yeah we get um, yeah that, that was basically it so i loved campus because of that thing because of the stories i wrote and uh, how i helped people through the political stuff and how i did the poetry so i entered in the year of um was called the, the first um fdc guild in a long time you know uid is the big party has been the big party i don't know now with the coming of nup and dividing mm. uid up yeah but uh, it used to be the big party so it was kind of hard for any other party be it fdc so when katopol came through it was the year we were together i was very close with wanera 
new kids may not know him but he was the leader of strikes for almost a decade in that, mm. in that uni Anira. so he was my close friend and we used to do stuff together I, I used to write while he strategizes yeah so we were on the team that helped um katopo to, to get elected we are all under the same umbrella with other friends like people behind the scenes you don't see you just see the guy standing up at a, after a long procession and speaking fire for you, you kids that come to university after covid you've not seen <laughs> not seen crowds and felt the, the power of makerere and yeah her. yeah but i really loved that whole thing about mock it's it's very intriguing yeah yeah maybe here we would want to now know uh, go deep into your how, how is your daily routine like from monday to like friday um, monday to friday i'll be honest with you i do not have a fixed routine uh because of my kind of work for example what i'm doing the following day is what determines what how this day might be or what time I'll sleep I don't have any fixed routine mm. why uh the only thing that can alter my routine is if I have is if I have a shoot the mm. following day mm. or if I'm meeting someone the following day like and we have an appointment and but short of that which is not always I'm shooting on my shoot once or twice in a week sometimes once in two weeks or twice in two weeks or twice in two weeks I don't it depends so it's only a shoot that might alter my time of like waking up and stuff mm. where it's where it's located we are shooting from the, the location we're going to shoot from at what time and that but normally i'd be just chilling like my my place whole day if i have work to edit i'm editing till i get tired i can get tired at at 4 p.m and then i relax watch a film sleep oh, wake up again maybe edit again or just watch another Film, or even edit trans night till yeah. morning then sleep the whole day like yeah. it's it's all a mess there's never a fixed routine yeah. that i go by yeah. yeah because it's just the brain and i noticed that whenever my brain feels tired computers can stress you man so as a photographer you you don't notice how many hours you spend looking at a computer screen you might just notice the hours you put in while you're on location shooting but there's a lot of time you put in while you you're looking at the computer screen and yeah whenever you feel like you're tired at least for myself i just chill just sleep just rest yeah. so what are your hobbies like uh, what are your hobbies what kind of music you love to listen to uh my hobbies are not many basically i love i love the guitar that's my my hobby apart from poetry and stuff and listening to music and singing around Yeah, I love that. And the kind of music I listen, I love. It's all over the place, like very many genres. But as a, a guitar lover, I of course love acoustic music, alternative rock, John Mayer, Eric Clapton, yeah, such things. And lately, a little bit of Etienne, but the, the classical rock. Yeah. You, yeah, like John Mayer and, and all that. Yeah, and the Beatles to some extent. So that would be it. And then. Um, The other side of music is is local Ugandan music like local mm. 70s 70s kadongo kama ah. sebaduka those boys 80s kafiro uh, is not from 70s wait wait no, it's from 2000s wait yeah. there the those local songs of the 70s yeah 70s kadongo like then some some 80s work as well <laughs> bali and stuff like real music so that place there 
for some 90s now when it, when it came to real band music Ugandan band music from the 90s and basically Ugandan music in general yeah. I, lo- I love Ugandan music then um, Swahili music from all over Bongo. B, Tanzania or Kenya Bongo flavor yeah Bongo flavor the, the Bongo flavor of the early 2000s that was the rap the Professor Jays and what then the, the current Bongo flavor of singers like Asley like Mboso like Devon like Devon. whoever Likiba yeah. and whoever mm. and um, well Swahili music is done plus the other side now like I said Swahili music in general encompasses also Kenyans like the likes of Saudi Soul and Saudi stuff yeah. yeah then genres Rumba and stuff now. French music, uh, Spanish music as well. Reggaeton, everything Spanish, you know. Uh, what? My playlist is always just a jumbled mess, but, mm-hmm. but it's music from all over the place that I really, really um, appreciate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And dance all too, by the way, I forgot. So. So yeah, yeah that, that was the first part of this conversation with Bash Mutumba, trying to get to know who is Bash Mutumba, what does he like to do, why did he go to school now. The next part is the most interesting part of the show. We want to talk about the photography, like Achikolatia. Guys, you don't want to miss out on this one. Keep on the chilling in the Bentley with Davis. Welcome, people. We are still chilling with Bash Mutumba, and like I told you, I'm here chilling with two of his loyal fans. Yeah, the biggest guys in this, in this, in, in the audience, Hassan and and Eric. And man, this is a point where we now want to know how Bash Mutumba does his thing. One of the most, uh, one of the things that have made Bash Mutumba's name go out there viral is his photography. And about his photography, man, I can't say much about it. It can say for itself. Eh? Mm. Just go to Instagram and just type in Bash Matumba. Mm. Uh, you thank me later. And and it's at this point that I want to know from you, Bash, uh, w- w- what's been the inspiration behind your photography? Um, man, I'd be lying if I say that uh, from the start, I I set out to specialize in this kind of photography like it would be kind of because it's never something that i set up my photography journey started when i was um working at galaxy fm trying to make ends meet while still at uni mm. doing um i was doing social media handling for all platforms i was doing voiceovers like ads and stuff voicing ads and all that stuff um i was writing stories for the website and stuff Mm. similar thing like i used to do with campus people of stories so that's when because galaxy had very many events and no one was so interested in the camera taking images or people who used to take videos but for photos yeah so no like let me just let me just take some photos for this day. because I, I i saw cameras earlier uh, i used to see cameras my dad was a photographer in the 90s so he, he sent me, he was living in the diaspora, so he used to send me some toy cameras to, mm. send, to, to, to take photos and stuff yeah, yeah. And, and fax them up. Yeah. Back then there was no what WhatsApp and stuff. So, so I, I, I loved cameras and I had the idea of like, let me just take images and move on with this. So I took them and people were like, why don't you do this professional? I was like, no, nah, I'm just doing it. Person. So it reached time and school became really tight. And I had to really quit my job and focus on school. That's when I was like, oh, so I have to have a, a, an income stream that would 
give me money to, to keep working again so that I don't starve and go back to asking my old woman, you know what, mama, I want some money, no, no, no. So I had to look for a way to keep earning money on, on my own. Yeah. That means, so yeah. That's how I, I, I started photography. And you know, the, the, the usual stuff that you do, like you begin with like birthdays, what, what, charging small amounts and stuff. And time people want now to shoot some locations, people want this, people want that. So at the time I'm like, oh, so a friend of mine is called Oscar Antege mentored me after when i when i got serious in photography i got more i learned most of the things online youtube and stuff but the hands-on mentorship is it always makes a difference especially if you're mentored by someone who who is very talented and they know what they're talking about they don't gamble with stuff they know it mm. because someone who studied industrial art majored in photography at Macquarie university and he's so talented he did stuff he, Revolutionize many things, weddings and all, headshots and all that stuff. So whenever he used to me like, but why don't you try at Bugo? I'm like, why? I don't see myself shooting Bugo. I want to do headshots like you. Were. Like, nah. You'd be, you'd be fire. I've seen the way you do your thing. I'm like, no, come on. Okay, let me try it out with a friend. I get a friend of mine. Yeah, as Oscar had suggested, we create work, and shocking the people love it. Like even him is like, whoa. I even never expected you'd be good at And after I've posted that, another person comes to me and is like, Can you take my image? I'm like, How? I want something. See, I want lingerie. I'm like, You shoot lingerie. Oh, can you take my own? You shoot in a bikini. Oh, you shoot the bikini. Yeah, so the Instagram kept on piling up work that's similar to that. And that you reached a point and you're posting something which is not really sensual and it's looking out of place. Like, it's totally out of place. So I had to create another account for that. But with time, every single person that came came for that. More of a first specialized. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even Oscar was shocked in the end. He was like, wow, I didn't know you'd go on with this seriously. So, so the specialization was more of um, an automated process. So, and uh, I embraced it because it was working for me. And yeah, the rest is history. Not that I don't do other things like perhaps weddings and all that stuff. If the money is right, I do it because well, it's art and I'm getting paid. I don't chase away money. But it's not like I'll post it on my main Insta because it will look out of place. Yeah, yeah. But And that's why it will always look like I only shoot that. Mm. And, and it's very okay. It's very okay to have a niche. And that's definitely my niche for, for now. Boudoir photography. Yeah, sensual work. It, it's called boudoir. boudoir. Like a French word meaning like a little bedroom. For, for women back in the day things have changed back but back in the in the renaissance times uh, women used to have private rooms like in the whole house in yeah. a house there's a bedroom yeah. husband wife and there's a boudoir like smaller bedroom for a woman yeah where she feels galley the way she wants you know what i mean yeah well her, her private space just like the way the man has a study where the wife doesn't go to sit where he goes and reads his books writes his work or he wants to get away from his woman to yeah. study. The woman also had her boudoir, that's where I should go. Like it's more of a French word for a room. So in, in that place she'd put her like laser fair kind of stuff yeah. and, and chill and have fun and feel girly again. And then people would feel like you're older, what that kind of thing. So yeah. sensuality was connected with that 
boudoir yeah. okay so in the end sensual photography was generally given the name boudoir yeah photography or bedroom photography that, that's the kind of literal translation yeah yeah now we want to get into the how do you do it like um there's so many questions when people see like the boudoir photography the the, 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 the photos you put up on your instagram your snap and there are so many questions in their minds like how do you do it and maybe i want hassan to first ask man what yeah? <laughs> what is that question that's always been on your heart you don't ask bash yeah? like <laughs> how do you do this what is it about the how do you do it that you would want to know from bash uh, like uh, what really goes through your mind when uh, a naked girl poses <laughs> in front of you and how long does it even take <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's a very interesting question. I always ask a couple of my friends whenever they ask me that. But have you ever pictured you at campus and you see this girl, like this chick? I want to have sex with her. Yes, and that's perfectly normal. You can have it in your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't mean you go and be inappropriate with someone, no, but you can have the, the feeling in your head. So she's a very attractive girl. But then, randomly, you're back and there's some event back home and your dad is in a location and see this pretty girl like, oh right, she's here what's up my my cousin took her first before i did i don't know so she comes through and then your dad calls you hey come through calls her to like come so this girl you see here i didn't introduce her to you she's a sister from your other mom so right now she's right here and you should meet each other so she's called this she's called that you actually go to the same school i didn't know if you guys have met but yeah she's your sister from your other mom it's her name so really you should keep in touch keep keep blood flowing after that day do you really want to have sex with this girl no. again <laughs> why because attraction is in the mind that's what many people fail to understand attraction is in the mind so when such things happen you've programmed your mind that you're working you know it's it's confusing for some people because they've never seen naked women without the intention of sex that's why it's hard like in your whole life <laughs> whenever you have seen a naked woman live yeah it was sex yeah like you've never really seen a woman undress in a sexual way and it's not sex that's why it's hard obviously uh-huh. so that's why somehow there are creepy people in this world and i can't rule that out some photographers will be creepy and shit mm. but the majority aren't majority who do this kind of work not those who are trying to masquerade into it just for the excitement no people actually do this as a job mm. and they know it's paying them and they respect it they can't be just like the same way it happens with, with, with gynecologists you yeah. get mm. Gynecolo- not every gyno is a creep many of them are great people and professionals and doctors and not every time a gyno is seeing um, a woman they are seeing a sick woman no it's true some people just feel uncomfortable and they're just coming for a checkup and they're perfectly fine not every woman going to see a guy know is a pregnant woman they're big baby no some people go and they're perfectly fine but they're feeling just uncomfortable like maybe i have an infection perhaps yet you actually don't so the guy know is seeing a perfect thing but it's not like every time you're seeing a woman she's just getting weird head-ons and wants to have sex <laughs> you get on? so that's the whole thing because they are used to being able to see such a woman or even makeup artists i'll give you very many examples of people that get to see naked women without expecting sex that's the that's the biggest issue so with me man i got used to it because i know attraction is in my mind mm. and um and it's happening just just like some model i showed 
a couple of times it's called Kamarere. So the ring Kamarere was on TV and I asked him, ah, so how does Bash do? And she said, ah, oh, you're a man, you're a man. So that's what I feel like, this guy perhaps he doesn't, he doesn't get turned on because he's just too professional. Because a girl can notice when some guy is stand on, especially guys who want it to be shown. Mm. Someone might get turned on and they don't, they, they really, they don't want to at some point. Mm. So it's easy to separate it and move on and continue the shoot. You get what I mean? Mm. And some, some actually do and they, they, they want, you get what I mean? But still in the end, if a girl will notice whether you're hiding or you're not. Mm. But if you're really serious and you're just continuing to, tell, to, to direct her, now pose like this, Push your lower back in, breathe in, close your eyes, look at me, turn. Like you're actually directing not to do very attractive things, but still you're not getting turned on. Why? Mm. Because it's not that, it's not that your mind is not programmed to do that. It's a very hard thing for to tell someone and they explain it, but I've had people on set to assist me who earlier were thinking, oh, yeah, yeah. but after being on set, they realized that, oh, you will shoot for two solid hours and even finish the shoot and not notice the shoot has ended. You're like, okay, it has ended. What was I excited about earlier? Thinking, oh, what I'm going to do? I'm going to see. No. <laughs> In the end, it's work. So, yeah. Have you been answered, Mr. Hassan? Oh, you still have another question. Eh? So, so it's all about the mindset, nothing else. Nothing else, like attraction. Yeah, nowhere else. This one just reacts to what the brain does. Yeah. I have another question. Do you have a girlfriend? Are you in a relationship? And uh, how does she see that? In this current time, no. Mm. But I've had relationships while doing the same work. Mm. And it's because most of the people I meet, they meet me in the time when they know the kind of work I do. So it's not a shocker. Some of them have been on my sets and they've seen. So it's not like, oh, she's, she's so worried. Oh, but she's going to do it. Yeah, some people think I'm, I'm always even alone on set. Like, it's it's so hard to even be alone on set. You get like, you always have someone there. You have a makeup artist, you have someone fixing hair, you have like, you have very many people, you have a crew. So, it's even hard for someone. It's not that, it's not like, um, since I, I, I can't be inappropriate in such a show and then I can't be inappropriate when you're alone. No, I've also had shoots where I'm just me and the model because some people want privacy. But still in the end, you know who a professional is and this city is so small. Kampala is so small, you can't do anything creepy and someone doesn't say something. Yeah. Get, so that, that, that's that's how it is. So people that have dated me and that's why I don't I don't push hard in relationships. I don't try to be in a like now that I don't have anyone, I'm not trying hard to no, no, no. because I know the kind of work I do is kind of sensitive and for someone to be in a relationship with me, they have to know the kind of work I do mm-hmm. and the kind of person I am. My personality that's the most important thing knowing someone's personality and trusting them for that, yeah, and moving on with, with whatever you do, yeah, yeah. And in, in terms of uh payment to add uh, photography is there a difference in payment of this kind of photography compared to the other wedding birthday what um honestly i think when you get a comfort zone you get to learn it more the ins and outs and how you get the money from it compared to the other photography types because sometimes you might see a big number like someone has come to you to shoot their wedding 
for you normally shoot your boudoir sessions at between 300,000 to 500,000 and you're comfortable with it yeah and you're comfortable with it and someone comes to their wedding and they're telling you oh, i want a wedding and I'm like ah then you calculate and you're like okay let me charge you charge you 2.5 like they cry no please budge but i'm not a wedding photographer i don't okay but i know i want your work because i've seen your work me i want you to shoot my work, my wedding but i have two million so you accept because two million looks bigger than 500k yeah. or even 300k but you're not factored in very many things because if you're contracted as a photographer you have to bring your own videographer because it's the whole package so you bring a videographer the equipment they are using your assistant who is carrying the lights for you um all that can take about like eight hundred thousand. then you're going back you're editing the work sometimes it can be stressing like you're really tired it's too many photos it's not the usual photo shoot which you edit once and finish them very many images that's the other thing and after that printing images making an album in this era photo books even better because they, they look classy so photo books are more expensive like 600k as a side then frames then what like it's too much work and even you've not factored in mm. the whole fatigue you get from shooting the whole day on a wedding like it's totally serious. in the end the profit might not even be 200k but just because you're holding big money your head is comfortable like hey, i shot this wedding at two million i look at how much you've spent and stuff so if someone has shot weddings for a long time they'll know how well they earn from their weddings mm. yeah how to price like what do you want for your wedding i want this and this i want a drone to drone footage from high i want it so they'll know how to price very well it's about having a niche and getting to know how to earn from it yeah, yeah? and for my kind of work you have to do collabs with people at some point mm-hmm. you have to shoot people for free at some point it's not a wedding you'll never shoot a wedding for free but in my kind line of work you shoot for free but why that's why I tell you, you have to know the kind of industry you're in. Mm. Because in my kind of work, you have to have consistency on social media, on Instagram, for more clients to come. Now, if you, if you, if you have a dry spell of content, you have to get a model. Not a normal client, because they can't get you what you want. It's normally a model. You have to get a model to collab with and create work to post such that more clients come back. Yeah. and shoot with you because yeah. even most of the times clients are not posted like their work is not supposed to be posted they don't like it to be posted mm-hmm. just shoot deliver and it's done yeah. so you're not <clears throat> posting on your platform you're getting paid but you're not posting so sometimes you need to work with models to collab together because with, with the collab feeling models understand this because they're in the same industry they need content you also need content so you're earning you can even get a makeup artist who you can collab with on such situations like collabing in this kind of line of work is not like a far-fetched thing it really happens so making money honestly it's about you knowing the business how to charge um how to price knowing locations and all that stuff yeah. who, who is the hardest model you've you shot or have you shot some celebrities um the hardest model i've shot i don't know what you mean by hardest model <laughs> <laughs> what is the hard about the statement the hardest model yeah they, um it depends on what you call hard is a hard guy maybe very pretty maybe she had the biggest following maybe she's and, yeah, and, and something is subjective if it's following then i think probably but zari too you should have called yeah i shot zari for talent africa miss yeah. uganda night 
I did some images of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we see them at night, so I shot Zari. She's like most popular person I've shot. Others were not really good, but they're just well, they're just male, male artists and stuff. But you, you at, didn't shoot events and you stuff. Don't, you don't shoot guys, right? I do shoot guys, but um, there are not many. I think I've shot one, two guys. But for my kind of work, like, like I told you, boudoir is not doesn't mean nude, like absolute nude. Yeah, yeah. Boudoir means sensual. You get. And for a guy, for us, you guys, so you don't know, you don't know that you being bare chest in a shot is actually something that women find so so appealing. It's mm. sensual. You get. Mm. So that kind of work. When guy, when a guy asks you, ah, you, you don't shoot guys. They expect a guy who is totally stuck, maybe, which is not how it works. There's, there's, there's that is about sensuality not not definitely being naked or what but an image you look at and you're like wow uh there's that pic you took eh? <laughs> i think the chick was holding a camera like she was absolutely naked okay that's what we see maybe she was bumping and we are not seeing what she's bumping but i think she was absolutely naked and she had a camera covering her. yeah the camera was covering that's the whole point she's not naked anymore you get clothes are meant to cover the bikini lines that are even smaller than that camera okay <laughs> so that's the whole point of you're not showing yeah you are hiding in shadows yeah you get what i mean that's the whole point of sensuality yeah it's so, not about you showing someone really naked and they've opened up in some nasty ass way that's yeah. The, the line is so thin between pornography and, 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 uh, uh, yeah, and boudoir. The line is very thin in because the in the end, even when someone <laughs> is totally nude, even when someone is totally nude and they don't have anything on their body like at all, mm-hmm. and they're just seeing her bum from the back and she's doing something like this, you can look at two different images and get different feelings. This looks plain, like clean, and like, yeah, she's a nude woman, and this just looks like porn, like the pose is yeah like you get what i mean yeah it's yeah. it's different to invoke sensual feelings like wow so so she looks soft and tender and simple like that kind of thing than opposed to the other way around so yeah. boudoir is basically sensuality in all forms mm. it can it can even be a dress like she can even be in a dress it doesn't have to be in dress can be lingerie can be swimsuit can be what but the element of showing skin eventually has to be there somehow yeah yeah so you come up with all these uh, all these styles do this do this um, like this yeah I, I mean i mean in this in this line of photography mm. we are not shy to to pick inspiration from people mm. like it's very hard even the person you picked inspiration from will see that image and not notice you know what I mean? Because they're very different things. Not always that I'm picking inspiration. Sometimes it just comes from my head, but you always have to pick inspiration for people because it's a changing world. You have to go by the times and know what's working now, what's trending. You get what I mean? So inspiration kind of helps it. That's why there's Pinterest. It's a very big app for photographers like Instagram too because you, you get ideas from other people. Yeah. For example, you can you, you can see I shot an image. He was showing me an image of the girl with the pineapple earlier before we started that morning for Yeah. So you can see an image of someone else, and a model is standing with a pineapple and holding it like here around here. Then from that, you build the idea of a model holding a pineapple right here. You get what I mean? Yeah. Like it just comes while you're shooting things. You just say, okay, our prop today 
is a pine is a pineapple. So I'm like, okay, we're going to shoot with a pineapple. You're going to be nude. Mm. He gets so he's like, yeah. So uh, she gets that. So she poses with it in various positions. You'll never know the one you'll post, and it will look totally different, even from the wildest dreams. Someone will never see it and guess. Oh, bash. Pick this inspiration from this image, even though he'll see the both images and he will know, oh, this image has a pineapple, this one also has a. So, in the end, it's just about picking inspiration from other guys. So, so like, after a pineapple, like, okay, when you're done with the shoot, like, do you guys, like, first go, then she goes in, like. What do you mean? <laughs> like, the pineapple, eh? <laughs> Man, this is crazy, eh? Like, for instance, we're taking an instance of this pig. Now, when you're done shooting. How does she go off? What do you mean how like does she go, go back like to, to dress up? Like she goes off like, okay. <laughs> like they can like close your eyes. It depends yeah. it depends on how on how what we're doing on set. Mm-hmm. Most of the time they always have clothes to wrap around themselves. Mm-hmm. Like you're not trying, you're not trying to see. You're not trying hard to see her movies. You get what I'm not trying hard. <laughs> you get what I mean? Like yeah. someone has finished. Yeah. The pineapple posing it, and you're doing other things like it's just a natural process. So you throw her like a girl. Like if you're moving, if there are very many people around, mm-hmm. hmm, if there is no one, she'll actually even walk like that, simply, just like that, and then go to another <laughs> seat. <laughs> so yeah, so it happens. Okay. Yeah, I'm telling. You, it just depends on the kind of setting, but trust me, the whole point is about the photographer. Many of the people I shoot are actually very shy. And trust me, if I, if it's someone who is really touchy, who gives a lot of nasty compliments, you can't manage the business because you'll never shoot anyone and they stay. Like it will never work. Mm. You get it will it will never work because many of these people are actually very shy and they need someone who looks professional with what they are doing. To be like put on a suit, but and shit. <laughs> Being serious is just the way you talk with someone from the get go. Mm-hmm. How you explain the concepts you're doing, how you talk about stuff, how you mention the, the body parts. Mm. Something as simple as that can sound so wrong. You have to be very careful. Yeah? Mm. Yeah. Like, push your lower back in. Don't talk about the bad. You get what I mean? Mm. Like, d- d- don't just say very suggestive things because sometimes it can be suggestive without even you intending. Like, you try to be sensitive with, with whatever you say in, in this line of photography and everything just moves smoothly. Like, she won't even notice. At the start, she'll be kind of shy, like, oh, but you see, you know, some people, are, some women are way older than I am mm. and they can see it sometimes, like 35, 40 year olds or whatever. And they're like, oh, this guy is much younger than I am. And some, some of them are insecure or what. Maybe a younger guy hasn't seen them naked or something. Mm. But in the end, they notice that you're actually not minding anything. You're just there to get the perfect shirt. You're just telling her how to pose. Lower back, your shoulders, your eyes. Close your eyes, breathe in. Turn a little, your neck to the side. Or lift your chin. Things like that. Someone is like, okay, now this is professional work. He's not trying anything sinister. Mm. You get what I mean? Yeah. Basically, that. Maybe one of the last questions under this photography thing would be like, uh, what would be like the reason to why someone may suggest to to take part in such a kind of shooting? Um, man, in the mm-hmm. end, yeah, most men can't get it, but women actually do. Uh, it's very therapeutic mm. to have images of yourself, especially 
images of yourself naked women men we are the ones who have a lot of insecurities our sizes your dick size makes you feel very insecure if yeah if, if you're not erect you don't want a woman to see you because <laughs> it might look so small such things but trust me women love to see themselves look beautiful mm. like i've received many messages one of the main thing that keeps me doing this is shooting very many girls um smaller girls um plus size girls big girls like and everyone is texting you like bash thank you for making me feel good about myself i had never seen myself like this and never knew i was this attractive such messages like most gays don't get it but mm-hmm. women actually uh, love to see themselves look so good especially in the mirror even those who don't even take images most of the others just stop in the mirror and they're like wow wow get that's why you'll find something some nice photo in her and then she's like you're skipping it and she's hiding it and she's deleting it like the difference comes in from the kind of society society you're living in like i was very conservative society so that's the only change but in the end if everyone was living in an open-minded society it would have been it wouldn't even have been a question yeah you get like people just love to see this someone might want to like print an image and maybe have it in their bedroom like that one like an art piece yeah. you get something yeah like now that image it's it's kind of kind of abstract yeah. like it's not very clear there's an image that can be a yeah. powerful artist and someone prints it for their bedroom mm. yeah and we are we, we are human beings we don't look like this forever how you look today is not how you look tomorrow yeah. so you might love how you look today and you'd like to like keep it as a great memory for yourself that's the very same reason when people take photos yeah so she takes it and just keeps it or take it for the purpose of sharing with, with the husband or the boyfriend yeah you know what i mean or take it for therapeutic purposes just healing like psychology is a very big we don't understand how powerful psychology is yeah how someone will feel with them being feeling 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 sexy in front of a camera mm. and taking images and feeling wow like all their life their friends have been telling them you're not pretty enough you're ugly you're yeah, too yeah. big or you're too small yeah. you're too this you're too that and then you've taken an image and people are actually appreciating you like wow yeah okay i'm actually beautiful it's not the case that maybe i might not look like her but I'm beautiful the way I am. Like, yeah. There are very many reasons, a myriad of reasons, and yeah. a few of those have given. Maybe the very last question in this, uh, it would be the fact that you post these people's pictures on your uh, gram mm. and you show their faces. Mm. Um, are they okay with it? Um, do you like first consult them? Because having a budu a peak, yeah, okay, okay. showing your face, That's because, because there's a way Ugandans make a fuss out of stuff like that a small small peak yeah. goes out then like i'll answer you very easily yeah first off not everyone i should gets posted like i only post people who want to be posted that's yeah. the very first thing before you even talk about any other thing yeah. yeah secondly not every person i shoot it's their face is showing the very same image you're looking at now mm. all that's it that's it very many they're like four sets of hands all of them there is no face all of them but they are very very powerful images that worked so great you get what i mean all of them all the sets different like six different posts mm. you get and it's all that there is no single face but it's still odd because people will see it and they won't even ask for a face 
Because it's a close-up and it's looking powerful. You get what I mean? Mm. That's, that, 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 that's, that's the whole point. So it all depends on the kind of thing that I can't post someone who is not comfortable with it. And some people get posted and not tagged. Like, it's it's not the same thing. Like, everyone, you, you, you're shooting, shooting the same thing, you're shooting their face, and you're posting them, or you're tagging them, or what. Mm. It, it's different for different people. So yeah. these things that have Nairobi, Kenya, does it mean you went to Kenya? Yeah, I've been to Kenya a couple of times, and I've shot there. Okay. Yeah. So, ideally, unless there's a question to ask about photography and Bash Mutumba, I feel like you've you've you've, you've given us justice yeah. upon this uh, <laughs> photography thing. Mm-hmm. And whoever is out there who has been hearing about Bash Mutumba, the photography, the chocolate, how does it go? How does he feel about it? I assume that man, you guys, you've heard from the man himself. Eh? And it was nice hearing from you guys, having you guys tune in to Chilling in a Bentley Davis. And see you on the next episode.